Hey there, welcome to Takeaway with Sam Okus, a podcast from Nation's Restaurant News. I am Sam Okus, Editor-in-Chief here at NRN, and this is the show where I give you an all-access pass to the restaurant industry's most influential decision makers. This week, I'm talking with Stephen Loftus and Christine LaRusso, the Chief Brand Officer and Senior Director of Digital Marketing, respectively, of Firebird's Wood Fired Grill, a polished casual concept based in Charlotte, North Carolina, that has 50 Six units spread across 20 states. Firebirds is in the midst of a major digital transformation as it looks to appeal to all generations and really develop a strong customer loyalty. And Stephen and Christine join the podcast to offer a peek behind the curtain of that budding digital marketing strategy and how it's helping them to reach a broader consumer set. In this conversation, you will learn more about how your website can effectively communicate your brand and experience, why first-party data is the most important goal with your digital marketing strategy, and why your loyalty program should feature some more subtle perks alongside deals. Jumping now into my interview with Firebird, Firebird's Wood Fire Grills, Stephen Loftus and Christine LaRusso. Also, don't forget to stick around after the interview as I will share my six takeaways from this discussion, actionable insights that you can take with you on the go. Okay, I'm here with Stephen Loftus, the Chief Brand Officer, and Christine LaRusso, the Senior Director of Digital Marketing for Firebirds, Firebirds Woodfire Grill. First off, I got to tell you guys, you give me too long of titles and names to be able to pronounce out loud. But second off, just wanted to say thank you guys for joining the podcast. Uh, great to have you here. We're going to be talking about Firebirds, what this brand's all about, and you know how you guys are really adapting the experience in a post-COVID world. Uh, let's just start, though. For those who are not familiar with Firebirds, Stephen, tell me about this brand. What's the story of what this brand is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a polished casual brand. It's a it's an industry term that they've been coined over the years. And uh, basically what that means for us, it's an elevated service model. Uh, we have a nice looking building that you get to dine in. Uh, we cook over an open flame. So I think that's our primary point of differentiation. So uh, for me, it's our wood grilled salmon and that flavor cooked over that grill is just absolutely outstanding. Um, bold flavors, seasonal ingredients, those types of things. But again, just a just a wonderful experience. We have 56 locations across the country in 20 states to date. Uh, we started our first here in Charlotte back in the year 2000. And we've got some other uh, openings uh, back half of this year in the next year, which we'll talk about momentarily. Yeah. Yeah. So fire birds, wood, wood fired grill. We got fire twice and you got right. wood in there too, right? And, and I can attest having been to multiple firebirds locations, one of the best parts about a firebirds is the smell. I just love sure. walking into firebirds and getting that wood fire smell. Uh, the experience of firebirds, like I said, we're, we're going to dig into that a little bit deeper, but tell me about what you guys see as being sort of the key experience of a Firebirds, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, no matter, what is the core experience you're trying to create? Yeah, absolutely. Again, it all starts with the fire, as you mentioned, right? So we cook over an open flame and we utilize wood that's indigenous to a specific area. So it could be hickory, oak, or pecan, uh, again, depending on the, the particular um, you know region, if you will. 
but the flavor is just absolutely outstanding over that. And our team is really the best in the industry, and, and they are really stoking that flame, cooking over the embers, and working the coals to make sure that we have the proper pro- flavor profile as we cook the different you know proteins, whether it be poultry, steak, seafood, you name it. Uh, I think the other piece that's, that's of note is we do hand cut all of our steaks in-house and fillet seafood in-house as well. So if you want an in-cut 32-ounce prime rib, you can certainly accommodate uh, and cook that accordingly uh, to temperature. And then, as I mentioned earlier, you know, an elevated service model. So we have different touch points that are uh, you would experience maybe in a fine dining uh, restaurant, but maybe not so much in a, in a casual space. And uh, we lean into that as best we can. So I know that um, all of us are tired of talking about COVID, and we don't need to get into the specifics of how you pivoted. But obviously, I think the story of Firebirds, there is a sort of pre-COVID and post-COVID to this the brand story. Uh, and so we, we have to talk about it to some degree. Um, but I, I, what is how how did the experience of Firebirds really get you know evolved, changed, morphed by that period of time we went through in 2020 and 2021? I think the dine-in experience, again, has, has only been enhanced, right? I mean, one example, and we were talking about fire a minute ago, right? But our fire bar or kind of our entry point back into the restaurant where folks gather, maybe have some appetizers, bar bites, a nice glass of wine or double black diamond martini, and then gravitate into, again, the dining room to have a full meal. Um, that certainly morphed and changed. Um, I think for us, just rewinding. You know, you go back almost to 2016. I mean, we were having preliminary conversations, discovery meetings with your Olos of the world, your DoorDashes, et cetera. And um, we pretty quickly leaned into that space. Obviously, it was a small percentage of our business, and so we made adjustments accordingly. But, yeah, when March 2020 happened, we were we were up and running. I mean, we had uh, you know, the website, which Christine will talk about here momentarily. We were functional, and we had a core business there, and we were able to lean into that and optimize that pretty quickly. So, um, that's, that's obviously saved our business and sustained us again during that period of time. Um, you know, I think post COVID to date, you know, the good news is that off-premise business continues to, to hold pretty true. It's continues to increase and it's settled in at a pretty healthy number for us without interfering with our dine-in business. And we continue to lean into that. We spent a great deal of time, not only focusing on the menu and the offering and making sure the packaging items travel well, those types of things. Uh, we bundle that obviously with recyclable and reusable, um, you know, to go containers and bags, et cetera. Um, but it is a big part of our business and something certainly, again, we, we lean into and, you know, we're, we're, we're proud of it. I think it, you know, for us, it's just another meal occasion and our guests pretty quickly said, Hey, this is, this is something we want. We want it to go and want to continue to have it to go, whether it be again, delivery or curbside, you know, at our locations. Yeah, Christine, uh, you're, you've got digital in your title, and digital, obviously, the last three years, so much of the evolution of the restaurant industry has been around the digital footprint of a brand. And so I imagine, especially for Firebirds, this has been an important thing, is to adapt that digital footprint. Tell me about how Firebirds has really stepped forward into this digital world and how you guys have have worked that to, to support the business post-COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so digital was obviously one of the biggest things to change throughout COVID. And as Stephen was just mentioning, you know, we had a lot of things that were taken away from the experience, such as all of the touch points that really made it a more personable experience during COVID. So we really leaned on digital to figure out ways that we could continue that personalization, not just in the restaurant, but online as well. So we really looked to some key data points, uh, just 
first party data, things that we were gathering through our loyalty program and how we could incorporate that information into the guest experience online. Mm -hmm. So whether that be uh, what they like specifically being mentioned in emails, whether social posts are being targeted to people based on their dining preferences. And one thing that we gained from COVID uh, that was pretty helpful was an increase in online orders, which was a whole nother data point to pull that information from. So rather than relying on in-restaurant data only with such a small part of our business being digitally driven, we now have the ability to pull in a lot more data from third parties like off-premise delivery and Olo and just really make that experience for them online different. Uh, we've made a lot of changes to our digital strategy to accommodate, and we're currently in the process of rebuilding a website that should be live here soon that is built for the post-COVID world. Yeah, tell me about that, because a, a website once upon a time was like, uh, yeah, it was marketing. It was just like, well, we, you got to have one. Anybody's looking for us. Now it's a little bit more like it is sort of a digital storefront and a, and a, a billboard, in essence, for your brand, but one that can draw them into the experience that it didn't really happen five, six years ago. So this new website, what are some ways in which you've incorporated some of these new trends and digital service, off-premises service? How are you incorporating that into the new website? Yeah, it's been a really exciting journey for us. So our site previously was essentially just rebranded back in 2018 with plans of doing a full site rebuild in a couple years after. Obviously, when COVID happened, we had to put that on the back burner and focus on off-premise and online ordering. And we implemented an API with Olo to do a custom front end of Olo. And that became the priority. And we had to do that on a limited budget and just make sure that the guest experience was there. So when it came to building this new site, it was all focused on how we can make sure that this, to your point of it being a billboard, the website is essentially the first look and feel of the brand for most people. Most people for a Firebirds and a Polish dining experience are not just walking by and walking in as much as they are going to the website, looking at the menu. And we really want our new website to have the look and feel of that wood fire, the darker tones, and first and foremost, our photography needs to be front and center. And those are things that we really didn't lean on in the past. We were more so focused on how to get the clicks and the call to actions and, you know, just what's going to make the people view a menu, take them on that journey. And we kind of got out of control. <laughs> we lost our way a bit and had a lot of different things that we were focused on. And COVID really helped us reset what our goal is as a brand and who we are as a brand and what's important to us. And reservations is always going to be first and foremost our primary focus because the only way that you're going to get the true Firebirds experience with all of the touch points is in restaurant. But online ordering is also still a big part of business and you'll see that prominently placed on our new site. And, um, you know, just making sure that everything is limiting the amount of clicks that a guest needs to take and, I don't know how far down you want to go into this rabbit hole, but data, data privacy is obviously changing drastically on what we're allowed to take from a guest, cookies and third party blocking and all these things are playing a part in how people interact with a website. Our site was built pre-COVID with the assumption that everybody shares their location. And now that that is not the case at all, we needed to really rethink our strategy and how our website functions from the ground up to make sure that it is as user-friendly for somebody who feels comfortable sharing their location as it is for somebody who doesn't. 
you've mentioned data a few times. Clearly, that's an important part of what you guys are doing yes. here. The whole industry is, I mean, data has been a part of the industry for a long, long time. But I think there are, of course, in 2023, there are so many different data inputs than there used to be um, from the various ordering platforms and channels and, and everything going on. So drill into that concept of data a little bit more for me and how, how data is becoming something that is an important tool for Firebirds in particularly the marketing. Because I imagine you're, you're really shaping your message and um, strategy around what the data is telling you, right? Yeah. So first and foremost, having a strong CRM partner is the number one goal for us, making sure that it's somebody who can accommodate and integrate with every every uh, data silo that we have that's relevant to us. But at the end of the day, no third party necessarily wants to give up control of their data. It's a little bit of a fight because they find their value in in what they can keep on their platform and use for their marketing. So it's a little bit of a give and take when it comes to that information. So the best thing that you can do as a brand and, and something that's really big for Firebirds right now is making sure that we're compiling as much of a list as possible with our own first party data. And the way that we're doing that is really by driving people into our inner circle mm -hmm. database, which is our loyalty e-club, if you remember. And, and building that is, is the most important to us because while we do rely on partnerships with DoorDash and OpenTable and Olo to have data pulled in, it's not always that seamless. And so most of our efforts right now are really focused on building a relationship with guests on the digital level that makes them feel comfortable wanting to share that information with us rather than trying to take it without their knowledge from other sites or through third-party cookies. So that's that's our focus. And we usually do that by connecting with them on social media and using our social channels as a way to engage with our guests in a more you know natural way. And to take it a step further too, Sam, um, we've talked about this in the past, I know, but for us, again, loyalty is not necessarily discounts, points, you know, those types of things or deals, if you will, but more or less, again, recognition. And so within the four walls, we want to take this information, feed it into an open table. We have a profile around Sam and his family. When you guys come in and you dine, we can cater that experience to you and personalize that experience, as Christine said. So if you're a double black diamond fan, your wife's a vegetarian, you have children, not only does the communication reflects such, but so does the dining experience. And we can have a lobster spinach case on the table for you, a, lot, a double black diamond there, maybe a bottle of wine, you name it, and again, personalize that. Maybe you have a favorite seat within the restaurant, right? Maybe you are active in social media. We know that can cater that experience to you and certainly personalize and make sure it's perfect. So I think, you know, a lot of what you're describing here is it makes me think of a fast casual, uh, a fast casual company is thinking a lot of the, about, about these things because of the fact that so much of their business now is, you know, vastly off premises and vastly done through digital channels. Firebirds, you guys still have to really protect that dine in experience and really make these two sides of it. Um, you know, really complement each other. Uh, something I, I mentioned before we hit record, but I, I live about five minutes from a Firebird. It's something I didn't tell you guys, but I'll tell you now that we've hit record. Uh, you guys are between me and Target, and I have two small children, so I go to Target all the time. <laughs> I I open my windows when I drive by because I get that smoke. I, I, I seriously get it as I'm driving by. And again, I love that smell. So again, the physical 
being present and physical to a Firebird is so critical to the experience. But as we've been talking, uh, the digital experience being so key too. I'm just curious, how do you guys work on making these two things speak to each other? Each other, Because Christine, you talked about the, sort of those dark colors, making that sort of wood smoke vibe on the website. That's important to sort of complementing the experience in the restaurant. But tell me about some of the things you guys are thinking about to say, yes, we're going to recreate the Firebirds vibe and brand online digitally. But at the end of the day, we want that to be a dine-in experience because I imagine that's more valuable to you. How do you make those two things kind of, I guess, talk to each other? Well, I think, I mean, as Christine said earlier, right, I think the website, while it's monetized and it, it, it acts on our, be, our behalf, right, generates revenue for us and we're able to kind of track and, and, and follow that through, really that's the first touch point for a lot of different people. And so that's got to reflect the brand, again, from afar. And then once you experience the restaurant and a dining experience at Firebirds within the four walls, I think it reinforces everything that we do. To your point, when you hit that parking lot and you smell that and the umami and the taste buds and the flavor and the saliva just starting to kind of you know work, I mean, it, it it's an experience from the parking lot all the way until you leave and you head back home. And uh, we want to reflect that within the four walls and think we do a really good job. As I mentioned earlier, we got some of the best team members in the industry, um, not only from a cooking standpoint, culinary standpoint, but also beverage side. And the servers just do a bang up job. So I think you and your family, again, uh, it reinforces all those touch points as you come in the four walls. Again, what starts outside. Yeah, I was just going to add to that, too, and say that here on the marketing team, we also work very closely to make sure that all of our assets are cohesive across mm -hmm. digital and in restaurants. So if you were served an email about a new chef feature that's coming out, you're probably going to come in and be served a feature card with that same image on it, or at least an image that looks like it. So I think that there's a lot of reinforcement of what we're trying to convey online and then also in the restaurant. In the restaurant, the, the, you know, you mentioned loyalty and um, obviously there is a component to drawing your dine-in customer into your digital ecosystem because, again, there, there is value to that. How do you do that without it becoming, I don't know, without it feeling cheap or – because, again, like a loyalty program, that's a lot of QSR fast casuals and, and it's – you know, it, you know, you don't think twice about upselling at the cash register or at inviting somebody to participate in a loyalty program. But with a sit-down meal at a Firebirds, I imagine you have to do it a little bit differently. So how do you incorporate some of the digital ecosystem into the experience inside the restaurant so that you're drawing those customers in? So our goal at the end of the day is to make sure that anybody that's an inner circle member is tagged as such in the open table database so that we're not asking them to join if they're already a member. Instead, we're perhaps just saying thank you for being a member. So that's where we're trying to get at as far as, you know, recognizing them in restaurant. It is very hard. And this is something that changed drastically from COVID. So prior to COVID, believe it or not, I think 70% of our signups were still coming from pen and paper. That's just what our guests were comfortable with doing. It was something that was not really discussed to your point. There was no spiel about it that much. It was more so put into the check presenter and then they'd see it and sign up. And I think that just speaks to how much our guests love the brand 
think because it didn't really take a lot of pushing to get them to do it. Now we have a lot of different ways. So we obviously have moved completely away from pen and paper during COVID and have not brought that back and have no plans to bring that back. So we've done that with a few different things. We have um, tested in a couple of places, a really nice QR code that sits on a block on the table that's on brand. We also have Wi-Fi now where you can sign in and it allows you to sign up that way. And then it's also, um, again, on a nice check insert that's presented along with some other promotional materials, but it's a QR code that directs them to the website to sign up. And because we don't really discount, it's not like you sign up and you get three visits and your fourth one's free. There's not a whole lot to really tell about it, except if you want to be an insider and know about what's going on within this brand that you are obviously interested in, then join the inner circle and you'll be the first to know. And they do get a $10 welcome offer upon joining and then a gift every year on their birthday. So we really rely on sending them to the website again. Just that's the best way that we can get people in. We also focus heavily on social. So I was just going to add, you know, we are intentional in our communication to Christine's point, right? The inner circle members are the first to hear about new menu items if, if, if you have them. Uh, maybe again, an introduction on the off premise business, family meals, you name it. So they're the first to hear about it, first to curate that conversation. And we've got some fanatical followers and uh, that they typically act accordingly. We've talked a little bit about that loyalty program. Um, can you uh, drill a little bit deeper into some of the mechanics of Firebird's loyalty program? Because, again, loyalty, it, it's so critical today. And I know a lot more companies post-COVID than pre-COVID have, have sort of seen the light, so to speak, and understand that beyond just, you know, developing a, a sort of VIP customer, you're also getting a lot of information through a loyalty program. So what, how does the Firebirds loyalty program specifically operate and what are some ways in which you're really tapping into that loyalty program to the benefit of Firebirds? Well, stay tuned because we do have a lot of exciting things to come. As you know, up until now, we've pretty much primarily been an e-club. SMS is becoming something I think that more and more people are relying on as a form of communication versus email as the younger generation continues to become our guest. So we're finding that as far as loyalty goes, as Stephen mentioned, we're more focused on the surprise and delight factor. So at this time in the program, we're really working on allowing our guests to build out their profile and collecting as much data as we can on them to personalize the experience and make sure that they are the first to hear about things. But all of that information is going to come to use very soon. And we'll be happy to share more about that when the time comes. Um, but just to give an example of one way that we can show appreciation to our loyal guests is that we do know who dines with us and when. And over the summer, we ran some really wonderful chef features in restaurant, but online we had inner circle exclusives that were sent out to our most loyal followers. And, uh, the, you know, maybe they opened the most emails or whatever it may be. They heard about it first, but some of these deals were amazing. I mean, we offered a, a ribs with two sides for 1995 and that's not something you're going to hear about unless you're an inner circle member. Right. Um, we got a lot of great feedback from it. It drove a lot of traffic and, you know, it's just a way of us recognizing our most loyal members, um, mm -hmm. you know, Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. with a loyalty program, I mean, thinking of like a QSR loyalty program, there's sort of a, you know, buy nine, get the 10th free. Uh, and again, with the Firebirds experience, you guys obviously much more higher average ticket than a QSR, different experience you're trying to create. And so thinking about, again, the experience of a Firebirds, how do a loyalty program, how can a loyalty program and an experience that you're trying to create, how do those dovetail? How do you create an experience 
through a loyalty program beyond, you know, a communication platform? How does that really truly become, I guess you could say, a VIP experience? So again, we try our best uh, to personalize that experience when you walk into the four walls. Again, we essentially, and not in, a, in an intrusive way, we have a profile or preferences, if you will, around each guest. And we know what Sam and his family you know, likes or doesn't like. And we try to cater that experience to the best of our ability to his family. So again, it could be a specific bottle of wine that you like. It could be you like a certain appetizer. We have that waiting on the table for you. There could be a specific table within the restaurant that you like. Um, I think some future things for us is, you know, hey, is there a particular parking spot that you want? Maybe you have a first rider opportunity in line for reservations for a specific day part or, or night that's maybe more popular than others, those types of things. But how do you continue to layer that in and personalize experience to Sam and make sure, again, his, he and his family feel special and certainly, again, the communication will reflect such as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Steven, you mentioned earlier about all of the ways in which Firebirds really stood up an off-premises channel in COVID and obviously continues to be important. I, something I've alluded to, but I guess I would be curious for you to validate. Off-premises, obviously something you can't ignore, something you have to accommodate, but I assume you want them to dine in, right? The dine-in guest, I presume, is more important, certainly more valuable to Firebirds. Is that correct? Absolutely. Right. I mean, um, and frankly, it's it's the Firebirds experience. Right. That's that's, uh, I think, more relevant to that guest and, and what we want them to enjoy. Right. And so for us, there's a little bit of a hierarchy or a strategy in that communication. And it does start with a dine in experience, period, end of story. And that's what we lean into. Um, secondarily, yeah, we've got our first party. Um, assets that we drive them to or offer up, right? That's, a, I think, uh, a relevant option for them. And then we do have some third-party partnerships, whether it be, again, with your DoorDashes, who, again, we love and are a tremendous partner with, or, again, catering through some other partners there as well. So there's other avenues for them to experience the brand, for sure. So when it comes to a innovating with your experience and leveraging digital channels, at the end of the day, are you ultimately trying to point the customer back to the restaurant and ultimately create the experience that's going to mostly pop if they're dining? Absolutely. hundred percent. Again, we want them to come in and experience like you described earlier, right? That smell from the parking lot all the way in and, and getting that hot wood grilled salmon off the, off the grill. It's got the great, great flavor profile. Um, nice bottle of wine. I mean, that's exactly what we want. And, and you know, Firebirds, you know, taking a step further, you know, we're the type of place, right? Where you can come in, coming right off the lake, you know, you enjoyed a nice day at the, at the lake on the boat, uh, come in and flip flops and, and shorts and, and enjoy a nice burger. We've got a great Durango burger. That's fantastic. Uh, enjoy that with fries and, again, a double black diamond martini or a fresh local beer. Um, and then you can come in also, you know, you go into the play or maybe even homecoming you know, in your tux or a suit and come in and enjoy a nice, you know, play in lobster, a uh, nice bottle of wine and enjoy that meal with your significant other or your friends. I mean, it's it's pretty universal, if you will, and versatile for a lot of folks. And we see all all sorts, all demographic, all ages, genders, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's an amazing experience all the way around. Uh, Christine, I'm, I'm curious from your point of view, you, you touched on it a little bit, but just this concept of the demographics and, you know, the, the wide range, I'm sure, of demographics you guys see at a Firebirds. Now, your job in digital marketing is a particularly challenging one today. I was just talking to my colleagues earlier today about all of the celebrities supporting 
various, uh, particularly QSR brands, uh, via TikTok channels. And, you know, you got Snoop Dogg with tick, uh, with uh, Jack in the Box. And, um, but we, as we were talking about this, my colleagues were telling me about some of these celebrities. I had no idea who they were because I'm now a middle-aged man who doesn't understand who a lot of these celebrities are. But I, I bring that up because, again, with digital marketing, you've got to get the attention of the younger consumer in a much different way than you used to get the attention of boomers and Gen X. Yeah. And so from your perspective in digital marketing and recognizing that there are a lot of demographics for Firebirds, there are people who come in in flip-flops or people who come in in a suit. How do you tailor the message to the digital audiences in a way that can really capture all of those people? Yeah. So we've obviously dug very deep into the demographics on each platform. And we know that our Facebook audience tends to skew a little bit older. So we'll curate that content where it's a little bit more polished, talking about maybe some higher priced items that are a little bit more elevated, filet and lobster, for example, or whatever we know is going to draw in that more mature audience. Instagram, we get to be a little bit more fun. We partner with a lot of influencers and use some user generated content because that seems to resonate more with that audience that I think skews to be a little bit more 30 to 40 for us. And then as far as TikTok and Snapchat goes, so we we are still working on developing a content strategy that is going to come from Firebirds. But what we've learned and what's very obvious is that platforms like that, they really want to see the most authentic type of content. They don't want to see an ad. I mean, it's not what you go to TikTok for. You're there to see brands that can be a little bit more playful to your point about Jack in the Box or some of these these brands that are just doing really silly things that at the end of the day are not on brand for Firebirds. So the way that we're reaching that guest and maybe talking about some of our things like happy hour, the fire bar or brunch is by partnering with local influencers in the market that have a following that reaches that younger demographic for two reasons. One, because they're way better at creating that content that resonates with their peers. And two, their followers are exactly the type of people that we want to reach and they trust the person that's promoting it. So they're going to say, oh, well, if, you know, this eat, drink, whatever location is telling me that Firebirds has a great happy hour, I'm going to go to happy hour versus us running an ad on TikTok. So we're still working on how we're going to continue to reach that demographic, but we we make sure that every piece of content that we put out there is specifically targeted and relatable to that demographic. And just to take that a step further too, when it comes to email, for example, we ended up growing our database into having a whole separate guest that wasn't a Firebirds guest before. And this guest is the type that only orders off premise and they've not maybe been into a restaurant. So we make sure that our emails are targeted and specific for that guest and that the content that we're putting in that email and that segment is tailored to them because they may not be interested in dining in just yet. So we use it across all platforms. That makes sense. Stephen, is the physical experience of Firebirds changing to accommodate some of these younger generations? Are you guys looking at how Gen Z wants to experience a dining room and having to incorporate that? Yeah, I think a couple comments, absolutely. And I think you'd be foolish again not to, right? Um, I think one one item of note, we've got a menus of future kind of cross-section, if you will, here within our corporate office. And, and we can talk more about that in a minute. But it is a, it is a younger cross-section that we put um, in front of them, different menu items, beverage items, those types of things. We even travel around the country, look at various restaurants that we think might make sense for us and and, and share kind of ideas. And they bubble up in those ideas. And, and obviously, they've got to be 
on brand for us and we got to be able to execute. And, you know, there's some, some hard, fast rules there. But, yeah, we are absolutely leaning into that. Um, we've got a tasting panel this afternoon uh, with that group, and we're looking at some holiday stuff and finalizing our holiday menu. And it is a little bit more food forward, beverage forward, with some great flavor profiles that are specific to Firebirds. I think the other piece I'd be remiss not to talk about is our Fire Bar, right? So for us, it's a little bit of a business within a business. And I know, again, you're familiar, but it's a really neat environment where you can come in and, and somewhat be segregated, if you will, from the dining room. Uh, have a nice double black diamond martini, a local craft beer or a glass of wine and have kind of some smaller plates and share those amongst your significant other or friends. And there's some great different items there. We spend a lot of time on that food menu as well as beverage menu. And we get a lot of folks that come there, maybe pre-kids or even in the dating um, cycle of their relationship too. Uh, and they have that and they're kind of introduced to Firebirds from there, fall in love with the concept. And then as they graduate into different phases of their life, then they dovetail into the dining room, off-premise business, et cetera. But uh, it's been very successful for us to date. And we continue to lean into that more and more. And am I remembering correctly that recently you guys have um, adapted your day parts a bit because you guys have accommodated mm -hmm. some more brunch dining and that's really included the bar. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, it's a great bring up. You're absolutely right. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, we've got some fanatical guests, and we listen to everything that they have to say, and we curate that information and research. And, and one of the things that bubbled up pretty early on post-COVID was, hey, we would love to have a Firebirds brunch and give us another reason and occasion to come to the restaurant. And so we spent a great deal of time looking at different brunch offerings. We didn't want to be, again, breakfast and lean into that category and you know have eggs, biscuits, gravies, waffles, that type of thing. So we've got a really, really nice brunch menu on Saturdays and Sundays really speaks to, I think, what Firebirds is all about. We've got some really enhanced, glorified uh, Bloody Marys, mimosas, you name it, even served by carafes, and then some other kind of espresso martini-type drinks that support that platform as well. But it's a tremendous menu, and feedback to this point has been amazing. And I think the challenge for us, as you alluded to, is really – how do you continue to uh, share that, the bar experience and some other experiences with the younger generation beyond the core Firebirds demographic, right? And so that's the challenge that Christine and the balance of the team kind of, we talk about on a regular basis, quite frankly. So Firebirds is in growth mode, uh, 56 locations today, and you guys are looking at, at more, I know. Um, it, it, considering everything we've talked about, particularly around the expanded off-premises service and considering the digital evolution of the brand, how has that changed Firebird's approach to the footprint? Have you guys, because I know, I remember, I think I was right before COVID, I want to say you guys rolled out a new prototype. Uh, mm -hmm. Does that continue to evolve as you take into account this sort of shifting nature of how a customer engages with the brand? I feel like we're sharing notes, but yeah, absolutely. So we've spent a great deal of time on that. Um, I think, yeah, formally, we've probably got roughly three, I guess, formal prototypes within the organization to date. And we've got a newer one that we are tweaking somewhat that we'll introduce first and foremost here later this month in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And that will be our platform moving forward. And, and certainly we'll go back and, and make adjustments on existing uh, legacy restaurants. But yeah, it is definitely um, something we lean into. There's a lot of research that goes into that. Um, not only the prototype itself and the build and, and working with our architecture team, but also where we put those, right? A lot of research goes into the location, the market, um, the specific spot within the market. Um, so we've improved. I think uh, we're as, as buttoned up today as we ever have been in that regard and feel really, really good about the, the, the new prototype. A couple of neat features for us. 
as we alluded to, and, and, and you talked about again, digital to the restaurant, to the experience itself, is um, our newer prototype actually has some fire features that are external, that are almost beacons, if you will, and flumes of fire that are on the patio as well as at the front door entrance. So uh, in the evenings, as you're driving by, you can see this from you know a, a pretty good distance. And, and you know that we're all about fire, and that's our cooking technique moving forward. Uh, in addition, we've done some different things in, inside the restaurant to accentuate that also but feel very, very good about this and feel, feel confident this prototype is going to take us uh, into the future for many years to come. Uh, Christine, I'm curious, uh, t- talking about just the growth of this brand and as Firebirds continues to expand into new markets, h- how do you incorporate that into the digital messaging of the brand? Because I imagine, especially as Firebirds goes into a brand new market, you got to lay a lot of groundwork from a digital perspective. So tell me about that process and some of the things you're looking at as the brand grows. So as soon as we sign a lease and we know that we have the okay to move forward, we create a landing page for that location so that we can start to build up the online presence online and make sure that we have a strong, you know, SEO plan for that uh, moving forward. And then obviously opening with a strong loyalty program and platform is important. So as soon as we are about eight weeks out, we'll start running some campaigns that you can find now online for Murfreesboro and Plano, Texas that are coming soon, where we just basically tell everyone we're coming and invite them to join the inner circle. And our goal is to open with roughly 5,000 people. And then once we open, we are able to send out communication to them on opening day, inviting them to come join us. And it always presents us with a really strong opening. Um, As far as every other digital piece goes, we just have ads running online. We really start to, um, you know, seed the market with what our menu offerings are. We run digital ads on social media primarily and make sure that all of our directory listings are buttoned up with fresh photography and menus and, and just make sure that anywhere that you go to look for a place to dine out that we're already there is coming soon so that people can start to get excited. And I would just add, we have a pretty good reputation, as you alluded to earlier, right? So when we open in a new market and that sign goes up, uh, not only with the media and some of the local community, but there is a buzz there. And we are that hot new restaurant in town and people are clamoring to come dine with us. And as we're opening in Murfreesboro here later this month, again, you got the holidays right behind that. So there's some excitement about coming and dining and celebrating with us for sure. Well, I think there's few other brands that can use smoke as a marketing tool quite like you guys could. So I'm sure just the people driving by and smelling are like, what is up with that? Yeah. All right, uh, Stephen, Christine, last question for you. Uh, I'll give you each a, a chance to answer this. Stephen, I'm going to start with you. Uh, five years from now, what's your vision for not just not Firebirds necessarily as a brand, but like the experience of a Firebirds, which you're overseeing as chief brand officer. What do you hope to accomplish in the coming years for this brand as far as just the experience and branding of it? Yeah, I think stepping back a little bit further, it's um, in one sense, a little bit disheartening and in another sense, it's really exciting, but there are a ton of people uh, that still don't have a clue what Firebirds is, where we're located, and what we're all about. And so what excites Christine and I both and our teams is sharing that with, again, that broader group, right? Whether it be in new markets or existing markets, you know, we're pretty pumped about the concept, feel very good about where we are coming out post-COVID, and we're just really, really excited to share it even broader. And I'd be remiss not to share, too, 
uh, you know, one of those um, ways to kind of plug into the communities for us really is giving back to our national charity, which is Alex's Eliminate Stand Foundation and their fight against childhood cancer. And we've been with them for you know over 10 years now, raised over three and a half million dollars for them at this point in time. Uh, we're holding a golf tournament here in Charlotte in a couple of weeks to raise another six figures for them. But um, we weave them into the fabric of what we do day in and day out within the four walls uh, in a number of different arenas. But that's a big opportunity for us as we go into new markets is to tell that story and again, give back to the local communities. But the future is bright for Firebirds for sure. And Christine, yeah. final word, what's your vision for how, what you hope to accomplish in the coming years, specifically as it relates to the digital marketing that you're in charge of? Yeah, I think the sky is the limit for um, Firebirds from a digital standpoint. We're doing a really good job right now, but digital changes on a daily basis. So in five years, I can imagine that we probably will be on a second website again. And and I'm sure that we'll be continuing to evolve the loyalty platform. And I'm sure that there are some things that we haven't even thought of in the world today that will be accessible and available to people. And I think that we will continue to stay on trend and ahead of the trends to make sure that Firebirds is always first and foremost, a digital focused brand and, and a place that you know, diners can go to, to easily make dining decisions. So that's great. Stephen Loftus and Christine LaRusso of Firebirds Wood Fire Grill. Guys, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. That was my interview with Firebirds Wood Fired Grills, Stephen Loftus and Christine LaRusso. So what should you learn from this interview? Here are my six takeaways. My first takeaway is that all of the senses are in play when you're developing a unique experience. Firebirds is all about wood fire. As you can tell, it's in the name. Fire is in the name twice. Firebirds Wood Fire Grill. So as you can imagine, the smell of smoke is really crucial to the experience of Firebirds. I even brought up my personal experience with Firebirds in that I, I live very close to one and I drive by there to get to Target and the grocery store and all sorts of things. And I will roll my window down often when I drive by Firebirds because I love that smell of wood smoke. Firebirds is really leaning into that clearly with the experience that they're developing. And even Stephen mentioned in this interview, he said the experience of Firebirds starts in the parking lot because you can smell it. But I love how they talked about all of the other touches that they use with visuals and with smell throughout the Firebirds experience. Um, fire itself, Stephen said in this new prototype they're developing, there are lots of different ways in which they display fire, e even when it comes to having um, some fire on the patio and the outside when you see it, it really all lends into that Firebirds experience. And I think that's important. You know, obviously the sound of your restaurant matters with the, the music, the, the visuals of your restaurant, the aesthetics, the lighting, all of those things, they matter. But even to the smell of, of your restaurant, beyond just the food and what the food smells like, and of course what the food tastes like, the smell is really it, it, it critical to the experience. So think about that. How are all of the senses at play in the experience of your restaurant? How can they really build into a strong customer experience? My second takeaway is that the, your website is the entry point to your restaurant for many consumers, and it should effectively communicate your brand and your experience. So much, of course, of this conversation that I had with Christine and with Steven was around this digital transformation that they're in the midst of, in the midst of. And, and you know, they talked about their website. And it seems so primitive to talk about website development. Of course, everyone has to have a website at this point. 
But have you stopped to consider how important your website is? Have you stopped to think about the various components that go into your website and the billboard that it represents for consumers? This is what Firebirds is up to and has been for the last few years. And I really appreciated all of those little details that Stephen and Christine talked about um, that you might not be thinking about for your own website. So for Firebirds, they think about the experience of their restaurants, that wood fire smoke, you know, some of those darker tones, uh, the coziness of a Firebirds restaurant, and how they can communicate that in their website. But then also, as Christine said, you know, they try to limit the amount of clicks that their customers have to make when they're on their website so it can be as convenient and easy as possible. So what they ultimately want people to do on the Firebirds website is either order online, make a reservation, or just view the menu. And so if you can make those things very easy to find and very efficient and convenient on the website, you've done your job in really drawing the customer into the experience through that billboard of the website. It's really important that you think about that development of your website. It's not just something, yeah, you need to have it. Yes, you need to have it, but you also really should utilize it in a strategic way. That leads into my third takeaway, which is if you haven't changed your website since the pandemic, you probably should build it again from scratch. So Firebirds was on the verge of launching a new website ahead of COVID. Uh, then they put that uh, on pause for a while, and now they're you know getting back to really transforming the digital presence of the brand because everything changed with COVID, of course, and we don't have to get into all of that. But really just think about how it changed the nature of how customers experience restaurants, how they look for things first digitally, how off-premises channels have become so much more important than they were before. All of the ways in which consumer behaviors have changed in the past three years, your website has to really accommodate all of that. So think about that. Think about how your customer uses digital, how they've changed their behavior in the past few years and how digital can really meet their expectation. And then look at your website and say, is it really up to snuff? Is this what we need right now? And if it's not, consider building your website from scratch to pull in all of those uh, additional uh, experiences and tools that website can have. I will say from personal experience, I've looked at thousands of restaurant websites in my life, as you can imagine. And I will tell you, I am shocked at how many of them are not up to snuff. I, I, I will be so surprised when I end up at a restaurant's website and I'm confused and I don't know what to click on and I'm and I'm wondering, how do I even find the menu? That's not a good thing. The, your customers, that's the experience they're having. So think about that. Put on the uh, consumer hat if you have to and, and poke through your website and say, is this enough? Is this what I want my customer to be experiencing? My fourth takeaway is that first-party data is the most important goal with your digital marketing strategy. You've heard all about data and the importance of data and what you can do with data. Of course, so much of your data with your third-party aggregators, you're not, you don't have access to it or it's not the kind of data you want. That's why the first-party data, the data you can pull from your proprietary channels, is so, so important. Because once you get that data, you can use it to really curate the user experience, the customer experience. You can target your customers a, a lot more specifically. You can know a lot more about their behaviors through that first-party data. So Firebirds, that's their digital marketing strategy that they're overhauling right now. This is all about really collecting that first-party data. And of course, loyalty program, their inner circle program, that's a big part of it in getting that first-party data. Also social media, as Christine explained, how they use social media to point people to Firebirds' first-party channels so they can collect that data that way. 
Third-party aggregators can be a great tool, of course, and Firebirds uses those as well. But ultimately, you have to think about where the consumer is digitally, how you pull them into the first-party channels for your restaurant brand, and then how you can really take advantage of the data you can collect in those channels to better tailor the experience that you want them to have. My fifth takeaway is that your loyalty program should feature some more subtle perks along with deals. Loyalty, speaking of data, has been a great way that operators can collect data and really understand their customer and, and again, curate that experience. But I really liked what Stephen and Christine were telling me about uh, Firebird's Inner Circle program and how they're still developing this program. They're still trying to figure out how to use the data to um, do things like offer, you know, curated deals, things like that. But even that detail of knowing through, um, you know, a reservation, whether or not somebody is a part of the inner circle and really knowing from before through them being a part of the inner circle and knowing their purchasing behaviors, maybe they get the same bottle of wine or same appetizer every experience you can then maybe have that waiting for them when they get to their table, when they're, they're there for their reservation. That was a little touch I think Stephen mentioned. Uh, and I really liked that because this is maybe more of a full service thing, but so much of being a, a loyalty member is about feeling like you're a part of a family for a restaurant. You're a VIP. You're, you're This is a part of your lifestyle. You're in the know. And it, that goes beyond, I just want a discount at this place. You want to feel special and important. And when you have some of those subtle perks that you can offer, like, hey, a free appetizer, we know you get this all the time, so here it is on the house, that goes a long way to further developing that loyalty, further making people feel like they're a part of the family. And ultimately, that pays dividends by them obviously increasing their frequency of visit, but maybe then they're also going to become ambassadors for your brand. They're going to share that great experience they had on social media. Think about how your loyalty program can expand beyond deals and discounts and points and all those things to being more a part of helping your customer feel like they're a part of your family. My sixth and final takeaway is that more upscale chains have to get creative and appealing to younger generations. So Firebirds is uh, is really overhauling its digital um, strategy and its digital marketing strategy because it recognizes younger consumers are spending more and more time on digital channels. And in order to appeal to them, you have to meet them where they are. And so digital marketing across social media, across third-party aggregators, across your website, all of the various places where customers are spending their time digitally, you have to build your strategy around that. But Firebirds is going uh, sort of an extra step with, you know, they're expanding their day parts. They moved into brunch. They're developing new menu items and bar items to appeal to younger generations. They've got this new prototype that they've been rolling out. All of these things are designed to continue to meet the needs of, um, you know, what tends to skew more of an older guest as an upscale chain. But they're starting to really meet the needs, too, of these younger guests. Because if you don't, then you're not going to have a customer in the future. You have to appeal to younger consumers. And, and like I mentioned, these upscale chains where younger consumers might not be going to as much because it's a higher check average. How do you figure out a way to bring in those younger customers? So you start working on their loyalty to the brand now. And as they get older, have more discretionary income, start to have a family 
then they will continue to come back and come back more frequently. And Firebirds is clearly hard at work at that through their digital marketing strategy and through some of these um, other strategies that they they have uh, in the works. Um, But you should think about that for yourself. If you have more of an upscale restaurant concept, one that maybe skews older, you have to appeal to the younger customer. There's a lot of things you can do through digital channels to do that, but also you can do that through your menu and through your operation. Those are all my takeaways for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe to Takeaway wherever you listen to podcasts and leave your feedback. You can also email me at sam.okus at informa.com. Thanks again and talk to you next week.